On today's bonus episode, we have a question about holiday fun. Okay. We have a special question about one of Jam's favorite drinks that's not coffee. Mm. And other questions about delicious food in addition to some fun chemistry updates. So let's get into it. All right. Sounds good. Hey, I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Bonus, Bonus edition. edition. We answer questions and comments and feedback and thoughts and stuff from you guys. And I don't do any research for these because I have too much to do as a researcher in other areas already. <laughs> right, yeah. So we save these for fun, casual chemistry off the cuff. And some of those questions turn into full-blown episodes that require <laughs> research and homework and all that stuff from Melissa. So, yeah. Like freeze-dried candy started as a bonus episode. That's right. Hmm. Okay, there's two pieces of news that I want to share with you. Okay. One, a long time ago, someone asked me, you know, if mosquitoes are the deadliest animal, because we have had our whole mosquito series, if mosquitoes are the deadliest animal... Why can't we just get rid of them? What would be mm-hmm. bad about that? And I couldn't really answer, but I recently started listening to a podcast with a wildlife biologist on it. It's really good. It's called Tooth and Claw. Mm-hmm. And someone asked him that question. And he said, the biggest thing I can answer for you is mosquitoes serve as a food source for a lot of animals that we really like. Mm. So they are, they are deadly and they hurt us, but they also serve of an important role in the food web. So it makes sense that they do, but it would be cool if they didn't. It would be, <laughs> or if they didn't kill us. Yes. Yeah. Either one. I'd take either one. Either one. I'd be fine with either one. Yeah. So that, I thought that would be, that would be an interesting little update for you also. It, uh, yeah. Good to know, obviously. So a second update that is really relevant to my current status as a sick person is that the FDA is considering evidence for removing phenylephrine, which we did an episode on cold medicines a long time ago, phenylephrine versus Sudafed, and that there's just not a lot of evidence for phenylephrine. And the FDA is taking that into consideration. They haven't made any moves yet, but I think they held like a an advisory council meeting type thing. That's crazy. Believe it or not, I did see a story like that <gasps> in my little news app. Yay! About that. I was like, hey, we talked about that. Yeah! So I thought that was exciting. Way to go, FDA, finally moving your feet on something. Maybe I said that to Mason and he said, I bet they listened to your episode. Yeah, surely. Surely it was our episode and not all the scientists who did the research that proved that it wasn't effective. (laughs) Right, yeah, (laughs) surely. (laughs) Okay, so um, that's a fun little update. And now I have a question for you. Okay. This is a little unusual, but it, it pertains to one of Jam's favorite favorite drinks and i think he'll be actually the better person to answer this even though it won't be from a chemist perspective okay audrey asks what is the chemistry of kombucha Ooh. Ooh. and the reason that i'm asking jim this is because i used to make kombucha a lot mm-hmm. uh yeah what a good question wow okay um here's what i remember Again, like you already said, not a chemist perspective, but I 
was part of a bunch of like really weird Facebook groups. <laughs> this has been years ago now that I was making kombucha. A friend of ours uh, named Ryan and I were got deep into the world of kombucha at the same time. Oh, and they always called it booch, which I hated. <laughs> yeah. Kombucha has some really good little slang <laughs> terms. So here's my understanding. Okay. Cause you start off with some tea that you brew and you need to have a good amount of sugar in it. In fact, usually, um, it's, it's like too sweet, you know, like you wouldn't want to drink it like that. It's not like sweet tea. It's like extra sweet tea. Yep. And I always did a mixture of black tea and green tea uh, when I did it. Mostly black, like, cause like 75% black, 25% green. You add a bunch of sugar and then you have this thing called a SCOBY, which is a symbiotic, um, the C, I think it might be combination or maybe there's a different word for that, but it's a combination of bacteria and yeast. And so like other things that we know of that ferment, say, you know, like, and have live cultures part of it. To me, that culture, that's what it is, culture of bacteria. And Symbiotic culture. Um, it's doing things and eating stuff and things are happening in the, in the tea. And so it's eating the sugar and that is, as that process is happening, it's fermenting the whole batch and changing the whole thing to be less and less tea-like and it's just taste and also that carbonates it mm -hmm. as well so uh, kombucha has two fermentations and in shorthand they see it f1 and f2 not f1 like the races um fermentation one and fermentation two i love f1 races the first one you do where it has has the ability to breathe and apparently that's pretty important for the scoby 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 do you know um, <laughs> and then the second one you is where you would add a little bit more sugar in the form of some fruit flavorings of some kind. And that one you actually seal. And because it can't really breathe, it as it's eating some sugar and like uh, creating some gas. I don't know how you'd say that, not creating, but it's turning it's things. like a byproduct. Yes, as a byproduct. It is carbonating the... Um, the kombucha in the second fermentation mm. once you've sealed it into a bottle and that gas can't just go off you know anywhere and what's crazy is sometimes that can get very out of hand and kombucha in its second fermentation you may have seen people talk about this can get so much gas in there under pressure that it can break the bottles it's in or when you're opening it it'll just fizz like crazy and make a huge mess or you could have a roommate who's making blueberry kombucha at your rental house and the <laughs> kombucha might have so much built up pressure that when she takes the lid off, it just shoots up and hits your like 20 feet tall ceilings yep. Yep. and then you can never get the stain down and it's yep. just there when you move out, which yep. is my kombucha story. Ryan and I had that happen at his house and he got um, some kombucha on the... <laughs> ceiling of Gross. his house the ranch i hate that you said booch i know um but one thing i'll say too is that there's so many chemistry lessons that we've already talked about involved in this we've talked mm -hmm. about um like have we talked about yeast very much i don't think we've talked about yeast i did quickly google does yeast eat sugar and it says that essentially it consumes it and produces yeast as a co2 and mm. it does say um, it respires, it breathes oxygen, mm -hmm. but in the absence of air, it will get energy from 
breaking down the sugars. There and when it gets the energy from breaking down the sugars, it makes carbon dioxide as a byproduct. Also makes alcohol. Is there alcohol in kombucha though? So in kombucha, there's a tiny amount. Mm. So obviously not enough that like anyone can buy kombucha at the store. Right, so right, right. That's why it's like kind of like nothing. But it's it's minimal. And that's where you, that's like the fermenty taste is there from that too. Yeah. That's like just a slight fermenty taste. Also kind of what apple cider vinegar tastes like because mm-hmm. isn't made from similar things. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like people will say if you let your ferment F1 go too long, that it almost becomes vinegar. And I don't know what they mean when they say that. Like, is it really almost all acetic acid or is it just like tastes like vinegar? I love that you just said, is it all acetic acid? Did you already know that it was acetic acid before this podcast? Probably No, no, no. I don't think so. I think you've taught me that. That's so happy. That was great. One other thing that is really on topic for our podcast we talked about is like, we've talked about carbonation before. (laughs) We've also talked about, you know, temperatures and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. When you're F2, people are opening those um, sometimes and they fizz everywhere. But if you were to put them in the fridge instead. They would not fizz everywhere. Or it'd at least be a lot less explosive. And why is that? Well, because gas dissolves better and stays in solution better at lower temperatures with high pressure. With that. This made me so happy. This is a really good, that was so fun. I'm so glad I asked you that question. I'd love to get back into kombucha and I would have a totally different lens to it. And it'd be interesting to share stuff about that, but I just don't know if I can at the moment. Yeah. Someday. And I don't think people knew that you were all into kombucha. So it was kind of fun to give you another, let them see another side of your hobbies. That's true. And if anyone has more questions about that, not about necessarily the science of it, because that's about as far as I can go, but I just have like my process and what I did and what lessons I learned and ways I like to do it. And even some recipes that I use, like some of the specific fruit additives I did that were really tasty. Please ask me. I'd love to share that stuff. And kombucha is supposed to be great for your health and your gut health. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, sometimes I don't like it though. Sometimes it's a little too. Yeah, you can get real tart. Yeah, tart, but like with an icky aftertaste, not just like lemon tart, like tart and fermented, Mm. which I don't always love. But also good in mocktails. If you want a cute little drink with a complex of complexity of flavor, kombucha is a good base for that. Nice. I've been really into the mocktail scene lately. I just want (laughs) to drink something that's good for my health out of a pretty glass with beautiful garnishes, you know? It's like, is that so much to ask? (laughs) Anyway, okay. (laughs) This has gone off the rails. That's why it's a bonus episode. Yep. Okay, I'm going to hand it back over to you for asking questions, and we'll start off with another one from Audrey. Okay, Audrey asks, our cookware is stainless steel coated with Thermalon, According to the website, thermal Thermalon. Thermalon is a PFAS-free ceramic material. Do you think it's safe? Okay, listen. Audrey, I don't know. Here's what I think. I think that ceramics have to be glazed in something to be safe to cook in for the most part. And I think that ceramic pans can be safe. I did a really preliminary Google and I thought it would be like quick from the FDA, but there was a lot of stuff about lead, like um, lead containing ceramic coatings. And I worry that they're using, I don't know this, but I feel like people could use ceramics as a way to sort of like pull the 
wool over our eyes, you know, and coat the ceramic in something just like an alternative to Teflon. But I don't know. And it was hard to get information on a quick Google. So I think I'm going to have to do more studying before I can answer that question for you. I will say that what both Jam and I use regularly are cast iron pans. One of the biggest downsides, and I I looked into ceramic at one point, this is not a scientific answer, just a consumer decision-based answer kind of thing, is that it still falls into the category of coated cookware and the coating cannot be, you know, regenerated at home. You can't just re-ceramic it like you can like seasoning a cast iron, which means that when something happens to the coating, either it gets chipped or it gets a crack in it or, or just, you know, whatever, that pan has to be thrown away, which creates the kind of waste we have about mm. so many coated cookware pieces. And so I think if there is a situation where it is safer, you know, who knows? The downside is it doesn't last longer, though. What's that one you got, Emily? That's enameled. Mm-hmm. Enameled. Yeah, enamel is like... It's it's almost like glass in a way, you could say. Hmm. But I don't know. Does it have to be seasoned? You can season it, but it does not have to be, no. Interesting. Yep. I wonder like, what that is. Like every Dutch oven is enameled. Ah. Or not every, I should say. Most people's Dutch ovens are enameled. So it's huh. that, like, that like coating on there, but it's cast iron under it. Um, uh, it's this. Ins- but it's not ceramic? I don't know if you'd call enamel ceramic or not. I don't know. Well, I guess that means we got to do another episode on this mm-hmm. and learn about the difference between enamel and ceramic and the safety of those cookwares. Yeah. That was a great question. Thanks, Audrey. Next one's from Michael R. Michael asks, I'm actually considering switching majors from physics to chemistry. Would you have any advice? I think I might be biased. Do it. Because I don't love physics. Um, and I feel like it's hard for me to give advice because I don't even know like what kind of career you'd want to do, what you're interested in. It's hard to say. I think that the best thing for you to do is think about what careers you might like and try to think of a broad range of them and which major is more in line with those careers. Like, Broadly, because you probably won't just get your one dream career right out of the gate, right? So broadly, what are you interested in and which one do you think would have more opportunities? Does it line up more with chemistry or physics? I think that chemistry isn't everything. I guess physics isn't everything in a way too. Just, you know, it just depends. It depends on where you want to go and what your goals are. And I don't know a lot about physics in terms of career opportunities, so I feel like I don't have really great advice for you other than chemistry is better and yeah, I'm just mm. kidding. <laughs> um, I don't feel like I have a lot of really great advice for you other than I could give you specifics about and have in the past about what types of careers you could do with chemistry. And I don't have that same sense for right. physics. If you could get that from someone who has that information about physics, that might help you decide. Yeah. But yeah, Melissa has done a few times on our podcast, like a kind of detailed explanation of some of the paths you can take in chemistry. It'd be cool to have that for physics. And then you could know that compare. Yeah. Well, and then also, you know what someone recently told me to think about in thinking of my career, because I'm trying to decide 
okay, I've done my postdoc, I've got my PhD. What do I really want to do long term? And the best advice that anyone's given me is think about your dream life, not your dream job, and what job facilitates that. So for me, my dream life is to get to share chemistry with people, to help people learn. I love that. But also to have time with be to be with my friends and the people I love and care about and to get to travel. And I like to do a lot of things. So I want to be able to have time for a lot of hobbies. And so for me, that means that probably a research job at a, you know, high research university is not going to be the best job for me long term because mm-hmm. it's really demanding of your time. But maybe something like a uh, a less research intensive professing like professor job or teaching would be right for me because it gives me that time to explore other things. So also people who are trying to think about what job they want to do and what majors could line up with that, maybe think about that too. Because for some of us, I think our work will give us like that's enough for us and we're just going to work and we are going to love it and that will be enough. But for others of us, I think work is a piece of our lives and you have to see how that piece fits into the bigger picture of your life and getting the job that will fit in well is more important than getting a job that I I think that you're just obsessed with all the time. If you can find a job that you'd like that fits in well and facilitates everything you want in your life, that's going to be a much better fit for you. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think the, some of the like career hustle mentality is like very, it, that I kind of see around the world now and online and the people we've met and stuff like that and know in, in our lives does feel like it is just thinking about this one part of your life, which is just yeah. your career. And that is not your whole life. It's an important part. What we do with our time and our work is so important, but it's not our only contribution to the world. The people that we invest in and our family and friends, super big way we contribute to just the world, you know? Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. The way you said, like, what's kind of my ideal life? And be wary of if a lot of the things that you list in your ideal life are only about career yeah, and only about money, you know, that's just my take on that. I mean, maybe, maybe there are people who their job is everything for them, but yeah, I think for most of us, that's not true. Yeah. It's just a very important part for sure. Right. And I did find a job that I love. So I'm not saying don't find a job you love, but just balance the job that you love with other things that you love in your life. Yeah. And if you find yourself, I mean, there's always a grass is greener mentality that, I mean, like that thing can seep in your emphasis right now. You know, maybe you're thinking chemistry seems more interesting. That can happen to any of us when yeah. it's like the thing I'm not currently doing seems cooler than the thing I'm currently doing. But if something about chemistry is just way more curiosity inducing, gratifying, a mystery you want to keep unraveling kind of thing, that might be really motivating for you, regardless of what job you get in chemistry. Yeah. Um, so maybe that'd be, I don't know. But some way of checking that might be good. And I did switch from neuroscience to chemistry. So, you know. There you go. That's and, a good question. Yeah, that was a really good question. And best of luck. Um, hopefully the things we said, mostly what Melissa said, is helpful to kind of get you going. But that is a tough thing to figure out. And keep us posted. Yes, please. Okay, his next question is from Stephen. Stephen asks, what are some of y'all's favorite things to do during the holiday season. Oh, this is Stephen B. H. Bonder, H. chemistry Bonder. friend. He has a background in chemistry and he's our pal. He also does dry cleaning. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
H Potter is one of our one of the tiers <laughs> of our of our Patreon um, on our super cool Kim community of patrons. You want to go first? Things you love to do during Ooh. the holiday season. Okay, well, I already talked about in the last episode about decorating. I love decorating and something that my mom did. Um, and I actually posted a TikTok of this on my personal TikTok. If you want to go find it. Um, my mom got ornaments, you know, from different places. And when we would at the beginning of, you know, December usually is when she and I would do it. Uh, we would put on some Christmas music and drink some eggnog and, or, or cocoa, you know, and, she would take out all of her ornaments and talk about where she got them or who she got them from or when she got them. And so Mason and I have done that too. So, you know, it's like, oh, we got this ornament the first time I went to this town that you went to a lot growing up. Or, oh, we got this ornament from your mom at Christmas last year. Oh, my mom got me this ornament when I was little, you know. And um, so I have started to take on that tradition of going like and unwrapping each ornament and talking about sort of its history and like using that as an opportunity to reminisce and think about some really great times in our life. And that's a special thing for me. And we usually listen to like a Bing Crosby or like old crooner type Christmas music. Yeah. That's cool. That's one of mine. That's good stuff. I think um, I have one that's like not so recent or not so new, I should say, which is just, I love to make wassail. Yeah. You do love to make, you make good wassail. Nice, spicy, (laughs) sweet, but also tart, you know, complex. Yeah, I love, I love it. It's perfect. It's like the perfect drink for me to, to have in the holidays that still, I don't know. It's like, I like hot drinks already. Obviously I love coffee, but it's nice to have a hot drink that like gets, that takes some time to make and, you're be you're smelling it as it's brewing, mm, kind of yeah. thing, or whatever. Anyway, makes the whole house kind of smell spicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's one of those things that, like, yeah, I don't know. I get it's like I haven't obviously made it in like eleven months. Yeah. So when it starts rolling back around, I'm like, ooh, I'm excited about wassail time. Oh, wassail! It's so fun. If it was something I just made every day, it wouldn't have that seasonal appeal to it. Um, one thing we've done over the past couple of years is just like uh, trying out different traditions with the kids. You know. Oh, Last year was fun. our first Christmas with two kids. The year before that, uh, I guess we had two two Christmases with one. Um, but two years ago with just our, he was, you know, 18 months at the time, our, our firstborn, we went and drove around and just looked at lights, um, Christmas lights and stuff. And he was just old enough to be able to like point at them and say, he'd say like, wow, <laughs> and stuff. That was kind of I it. did take him. I went in the car, me and your wife and him. Uh-huh. We w- went looking at Christmas lights together, mm-hmm. and I remember how excited he was. That was fun. I forgot that she and I did that. Yeah. So I don't we know. Went, but yeah. I don't know why, but it was fun. Yeah. And then we went and did the, um, at the Texas Motor Speedway, they have like a big lights show thing. So that year we went and did that with him, and he loved it. And uh, we took a couple friends with us when we did that. And then last year we did that same thing, but our oldest was like a lot more engaged with it. Of course. Yeah, Maybe that's like, when he and I went, it's hard to say. I don't remember. Yeah, maybe so. Cause I've been around since the beginning of his life. <laughs> um, and so that was really fun. He just like a lot of like, Oh wow. And like pointing out certain ones and like, those are blue. Those are yellow. Those are green. You know, stuff like that, um, was really fun and Christmas songs and you know, the first, 
like times of my oldest would be like, can we listen to Santa Claus is coming to town? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. just like request specific songs and we'd listen to them a ton of times. We also went to this hotel. This is the first time we did it last year, which is something that my wife and I used to do before we had kids. There's this hotel in the Metroplex called the Gaylord Texan. Okay. I have never done this. Oh, you should do it. I, can I, can we go with you? I don't know. That would be kidding. so fun. Absolutely. Of course. Uh, we should do that. Yeah. So they like go all out and decorate the heck out of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can just go, I mean, you pay for parking, but you can just go walk around. You don't have to just like stay there to do this and get like coffee or hot chocolate or whatever. They have tons of decorations, all kinds of stuff happening. And there's things you can do that you can pay for, but really it's just like their whole hotel transforms into like a little winter wonderland. Yeah. Um, and so it was really fun. We did that last year with the kids and our oldest loved it so much. And our youngest was like, just, you know, amused by certain things yeah. and then fell asleep at certain part, parts too. Cause he was like five months old or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, so that's, that's a mixture of old, older tradition was the wassail. Newer things we're figuring out as we go with the kiddos. Yeah. So, yeah. A fun new thing that we started was to give, um, instead of giving gifts, we've started to do experiences. And so like, me and Mason, one of our experiences that we gave was um, to use Nerf guns and had a family uh, capture the flag. Oh. And that was really fun. That's awesome. And um, then my brother, for his experience, we went to see Home Alone and they the orchestra played the score for the movie. Nice. And then the movie was on in the background and that was really cool. And then um, my sister planned like a canoeing, kayaking trip. My sister and her husband for uh, their experience, you nice. know, so each one of us have like taken turns to give an experience. So that's, that's cool. been a fun thing. Another thing that I've always loved to do, I don't know when this started, but you know, my mom, when she would wrap presents, she was busy. She had three kids. It was a lot. She would just slap one of those pre-made bows on. And at some point I started to buy ribbons uh. and I would like make bows or like tie, like wrap each present really carefully in a way that, made me think of the person I was wrapping it for. And it's just a small thing, but one, it helps keep track of which present is whose. And two, I just feel like it's an extra little like, oh, this this bird makes me think of my mom. Or, oh, mm. this snowman makes me think of my brother. And so I like, or, oh, I got this bear wrapping paper and it kind of reminds me of my father-in-law. You know, like I started to associate things with certain people. And that was like a fun little touch that I, yeah, that I started when I was probably like in high school and it's just grown over the years. And yeah, that's cool. That's a fun one. Yeah, that's fun. There's all kinds of good holidays. It's like, there's too many to pick. Those are just a few that I thought of off the top of my head. Yeah. (coughs) Okay. Here's another fun one. This is from Kaiba. What? Would your last meal be if you could choose full course or just a plate? So we can go full course or plate meal. Okay. Wow. Do you already know? No. No, I don't know. Listen, there. I the thing is, I love really good food. <laughs> and so I feel like, well, it would definitely end with 
one of my chocolate raspberry cakes. Like <laughs> if it could be made exactly how I make it, but I didn't have to make it, that would uh, be amazing. Yeah. If that could be the end. Right. And also a key lime mm. or not a key lime, a like lemon tart that I make. Those are really good. Nice. I'm making those for a wedding coming up. Nice. And then, so that's, I know how I'd want to finish it. Oh, there's just so much good food. I think it would have to be some kind of like Italian food. Mm-hmm. I recently had a burrata, which I think is burrata the type of cheese. I posted a picture of it on Instagram in our story, but I went to an Italian restaurant and it was like an appetizer and it was uh-huh. this like creamy cheese type thing. It almost seemed like it was like a cream, creamy something, cream cheese wrapped up in mozzarella almost. Uh-huh. I don't know if that was really what it is. That's kind of the texture. Yeah. And it had a like balsamic reduction with tomatoes. Nice. And it, and it was like this really good bread. Yeah. And all of that with like the balsamic dripped over it and a little bit of meat. And so you like, you know, put it on your little bread and eat it. And yeah. that was really good. So I feel like that might be my appetizer. Nice. I mean, that's good. Let's go in. I do love Italian food. So I can see that being in the running yeah. somewhere. But one of the first things that came to mind for me is I, you know, I love spicy food. And I think today, as I'm answering the question right now, I, I could feel differently tomorrow, you know, yeah. but if I was deciding my last meal today, I think I would want a really nice spicy Penang curry with brown rice and some spring rolls as an appetizer. Nice. And the panning curry is like like sweet and complex and spicy mm, and that's good. It's got vegetables I love. And when I do have that, sometimes I'm eating that meal and I'm like, oh, this is just the best. Like what meal could be better than this right mm-hmm. now? Um and so I think right now that might be my my thing. Yeah. Yeah, that so your yours is one course. You went with one plate, but I'm going for a full course, I think. Yeah, I'm just too, what's the word, um, uncultured. <laughs> I've never had a multiple course meal before. Yeah, you've gotten appetizers. Oh, I said appetizer spring roll. Oh, that's true. Oh, okay, that's true. But like full course is like, usually it's not like five courses, like one of those, like like a yeah. fancy dinner. Like I've never had something like that. Like that to me is like, you get like. A salad, and then you're also gonna have a soup, and there's gonna be like a small of dish. Well, you can make up the courses because it's your last meal. Okay, a dessert would be I like where you're going with like the like a you started to say this, but then you changed to your lemon tart. I love like Mm. key lime pie. pie. Um, our friend Leslie makes this really good. She calls it limeade pie. Yeah. Really good. I love limey, fruity desserts. And a lot of those, uh, some of the best ones I've had, have had, have been made by Melissa. You have a lot of like. That's so nice. Fruity desserts that you make that are really good. I don't love. I do love a tart. I've realized as I get gotten older that things have to, to reach that top tier of like, Ooh, this is really good. Desserts have to have some level of fruit involved in it. Mm, okay. If it doesn't, then I'm going to like it. I just won't like love, love it. it. Yep. Well, okay. While you're talking, I think I figured out what I want mine to be. Okay. So I would want to have a meal with Mason. This is like my ideal situation. Okay. Start with like either a cocktail or a mocktail, just like a beverage with a good 
complexity to it, mm-hmm. you know? When mm-hmm. you're talking about complexity of flavors, I was like, oh, I like a nice drink. Yeah. And that burrata appetizer. Mm-hmm. And then I would go into, also shout out if you're in San Antonio, hit me up. I'll tell you the restaurant that was at. It was really one of the best foods I've ever had. Then I would want to split a really good steak. Mm. and But I would get a really good pasta with mm. like a nice red sauce on it, you know? Nice. And then, um, then go, and also of course bread and the burrata, but also, you know, like bread with a little salted butter is just really good. Mm-hmm. And then for my... For my final touch, I would probably have the, either the chocolate, I, what I would like is for each of us to get, one get chocolate raspberry, the other get lemon, mm-hmm. and then we can each have some. Nice. You know? Nice. I think that's my ideal meal. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. I like, it's not cheating, because obviously you want your last meal to be with your spouse. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that you're able to come back. Oh, this would let me have some more things and I could share and also make the experience more fun. That, that is good. almost exactly what we had for our anniversary dinner. So nice. I was like, wait, that was one of the best meals I've ever had. So yeah. that's yeah. good. That's really good. That was a great question, Kaiba. That was a fun, like food always makes me think of the holidays. So it's kind of a nice one to go with Stevens. Yep. I like that. Okay. So let's switch gears and share a little bit of some of our favorite reviews. One that I want to shout out is Morgan on YouTube. Recently, I went on a rant about how everyone asked me if I can make meth all the time. And I didn't actually (laughs) answer the question in that rant. Uh (laughs) And some people asked on YouTube and Morgan said, I know that Melissa understands the process of making meth. Give her some hypothetical starting material with the end goal being methamphetamine. And she could theoretically retrosynthesize. I'll tell you what that means in a second. Retrosynthesize the pathway. It doesn't mean she has done it before or wants to or ever will do it. And I was like, thank you, Morgan. You just get it. That's exactly <laughs> it. Um, so that made me really happy. But also retrosynthesize is a chemistry word, which literally means you take your end goal and you retroactively realize what you'd have to start with to make it. Mm. And that is something that organic chemist students have to do and organic chemists do like to get the end product that they want a lot. Nice. So I um, really liked that comment and thank you, Morgan, for seeing me. <laughs> um, next we have actually two <clears throat> reviews that we like to share these at, on these uh, bonus episodes with you guys, people that have written a little review for us, just some thoughts that they have about the podcast. Um, I'll do the first one. You do the second one. Sounds great. Okay. Nelly S wrote, I think the passion that Jam and Melissa have when discussing the various ways we see chemistry in our lives is beyond beautiful and amplifies the learning experience. Thank you for creating a warm and welcoming environment. It's amazing to see how accessible quality education is. Oh. Nelly, that was so nice. I think I maybe met Nellie. I think she might have been uh, like a H-bonder. Oh, yes. And that was just really so sweet of you to say and kind. And that's my goal. That's something that is one of the goals that I have in my life. And mm-hmm. so for other people to see that that's what I want to put out into the world is really special. And like, it's so encouraging. <laughs> I know. Reading words like that, beyond beautiful. I was like, yeah. whoa. That's just like one of the things where it's like, man the gift of words, the gift of, of saying something that encouraging to us is huge. So. We really should have finished with that. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. Whoops. But here's, um, here's one from knee me, whatever that means, whoever that is, I guess it look, it's a lot of ease and a lot in both knee me. <laughs> um, 
so this is this is really sweet in a different way. Mm. I like how it's a lung podcast. I love a good lung podcast and I'm quite into chemistry. <laughs> I thought that was like sweet and endearing yeah. everything about it. I was like, Oh, that's really sweet. Um, that made me laugh. And also we also think, you, you know, the long form, we can't just only do mini videos and explain things in depth. So yeah, there's people that are doing that. They're doing a really good job at that, you know, Yeah, but that's what we're doing. That's what yeah. we can do. I just thought that was sweet and endearing in a different in a different way, but like very yes. sweet and cute and funny. And I was like, "Yeah, I also like a long podcast." Same. And I like I like the motivation to be like, "Here's what I'm thinking," and I'm gonna go into the podcast app. I'm gonna write this review. Yeah, you know? I just love like that. a long podcast. You know, it's like one thing to expect when someone has a really like overwhelmingly positive and wonderful thing to say, like Nelly did, or when someone has like a really you know they're frustrated and they're angry and they want to go through that. But I like when someone has like a, you know, not incredibly like overly either direction. Effusive. It's not like mad or effusive. Yeah, but it's like, here's a nice thought I have about this podcast. That's sweet. You know, that's cool. Yeah. So I, I love that. Thanks. Thanks, Nimi. Nimi. All right. Well, I think that's everything for this bonus episode. This is a fun one. We're kind of letting them be longer and a little willy nilly to get in the holiday spirit. So you have more to listen to if you're traveling over this winter and um, on a road trip or in an airplane or whatever, we've got you covered. Mm-hmm. So thanks for sending in your questions. We love y'all's questions. Um, they end up here or they become an episode. So please send those to us yeah, on our website thanks. at chem for your life. That's chem F O R your life to share your thoughts and ideas and questions with us. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the cost of making it, you can go join our super cool chem community of patrons on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash chem for your life patreon.com slash chem for your life to join that super cool community of patrons. And if you're not able to do that, you can still help us by subscribing in a favorite podcast app, rating and writing review on Apple podcasts like Nelly and Nimi did uh, this, <laughs> this past month. And um, you can also so help support us and spread the word about chemistry for your life by going and subscribing on our YouTube channel. And that's at chem for your life on YouTube. Because once we get to a thousand subscribers in a certain amount of watch hours, we um we can monetize our YouTube content and then that'd be great. And that supports the channel. It does. L- every little bit helps. So this episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. And Jam Robinson is our producer. The episode was made possible by our financial supporters on Patreon. And it means so much to us that you want to make chemistry accessible to even more people. We can't believe that we get to do this day in and day out, week in and week out, maybe. And um, those supporters are Avishai B, Bree M, Brian K, Chris and Clara S, Chelsea B, Derek L, Emerson W, Hunter R, Jacob T, Christina G, Katrina H, Latila S, Lynn S, Melissa P, Nicole C, Rachel R, Stephen B, Sarah M, Shadow, Suzanne P, Timothy P, and Venus R. Thank you again for everything you do to make chemistry for your life happen. Yay, chemistry. Yay, chemistry. Yay, chemistry.